He is risen. He's risen indeed. Hey, happy Easter. We're excited to be here and celebrate with you the resurrection of our Savior. Hey, this episode is going to be about teaching you a technique that you can remember when you're talking with people who may not believe Jesus rose from the dead. You're not going to want to miss this. This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hello, thank you for joining us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee, and Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Yeah, I'm your host, Tyler Hurley, here with Robbie Lashua. Hello. And we are super excited to be here with you online and through whether it's the podcast or the YouTube for this special Easter podcast episode. Yeah, this is like a bonus episode almost, right? It is, Because we yeah. had the Good Friday thing, and we dropped this one at the same time, so you're getting two this week. Yes, How yes. How generous of us. I know, we're... Uh, you should be thankful. <laughs> yeah, right. Watch, after this, nobody's going to listen after we say no, that. It's, it's like, okay, everybody's gone. I'm yeah. out of here. These guys are idiots. Anyway. Well, hey, if you're sticking with us this long, we're glad that you're here with us today. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. fun. And so uh, we're just, yeah, again, we're super excited. We're going to get into a little bit more of the happy side of Easter with yes. uh, resurrection because uh, last episode we discussed um, the death and Good Friday and it's impo- how it's important to remember that. Uh, but leading up, we want to now take the time to go over the resurrection and why we have reason to celebrate. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, before we get into that, we do want to give you a coffee tip because right. this is Christ Culture and Coffee. And here's what we thought about for this week. Easter is here. Right? That's right. And a lot of churches typically have a sunrise service on Easter. This year's a little different, though, because with the virus, um, most churches, you know, aren't meeting. And so what we thought you should do is find a church, whether it's your own or if it's another one that's having a sunrise service online, get up early. Right? Don't, don't sleep in. Get up early. Get up before the sun rises. Take your laptop or your phone or your iPad, whatever you're using to watch services online. Go outside at the time of the sunrise and watch the service out there. Just a really cool way, unique way, different way in, in these crazy times we're in to, to connect with the, the early morning which is when the, the women first went to the tomb and found Jesus. Mm. So we'd recommend you do that. And with that... Make some coffee to take with you. Go yes. out and worship <laughs> the Lord with a cup of coffee, with your laptop, at sunrise, right. on Easter. We need to make it significant, right? Because we're home in the morning every day now. Mm-hmm. Most people are staying home. Make it significant. Do something different. Push yourself to get up early. Get a good cup of coffee. Maybe set your coffee maker the night before. Mm, Have yeah. some coffee, though, out there and celebrate with the Lord. Um, here at the church that, that we're at and we're a part of, there's a whole bunch of services going on. So if you don't have a sunrise service, we're going to have one. Yes, and you can that's find right. that on dscchurch.com. D-S-C-C-H-U-R-C-H.com. Um, but look on other churches, too. Look at your church. See if there's a sunrise yeah, yeah. service. And, and take part in that. Just a really cool, different way uh, to worship the Lord on this special day. Yeah, that's such a good tip, Robbie. Yeah. So Thank you, I, Tyler. I think that's great. Are you going to get up early and watch I'm thinking about it, service? actually. Oh, good. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, yeah, 9 <laughs> o'clock. That's hard. Hard. <laughs> Are you saying, I'm going to pray about it? Yeah, yeah. Because that's Christianese for no. no I'm not going to no. do it. Yeah, or, or, says, I'm going to pray about I it. I mean, early no. for me is 9 o'clock. I'll get up at 9 o'clock. I mean, oh, it's wow. recorded, yeah, so I'll get to see the sunrise from the... Yeah, sunrise from my bedroom window. Yeah, whatever. Nah. All right. Well, hey, 
Let's get into talking about the most important factor of yes, our faith. Yes, that's right. The resurrection of our Savior. Yes, absolutely. And so uh, what we got here, first I wanted to start off by reading this passage. It's from 1 Corinthians 15, 16 through 19. Okay. Uh, now Paul says, For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. Mm. You are still in your sins, and then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied, right? So everything in Christianity hinges on the resurrection. That's right. That is the driving point of our faith. And that's why we have so much emphasis on Easter, right? And like, yes. uh, like celebrating what Jesus did, because this is everything to us. It is everything to us. And yeah. what, what is amazing to me is that there's no other religion in the world that puts all its eggs in one basket like Christianity yeah, does. Yeah. Everything to us hinges on the resurrection. If mm. he didn't rise from the dead, the whole thing is trash. Yes, that's right. But that's if he right. did rise from the dead, the whole thing is true. Muslims don't have this. Mormons don't have it. Buddhists don't have it, right? Yeah, that's right. They, they, they have a whole bunch of different things. We're saying, listen, there's this one historical event that occurred that makes everything Jesus said valid. Yeah, and Christianity is completely focused on that. It's based off of this one event, the resurrection, that took a place that took place as a public event yes. at one specific point in time in history. And I think that's a good point, Tyler, that it was a public event. Yes. You remember Muhammad is all by himself in a cave and you just have to take his word for what he says. Yeah. Or Joseph Smith. He yeah. had everything revealed to him out in the forest or all by himself, alone, right? Right. Yes. Right? Uh Buddha, he became enlightened all by himself. And yep. then went had it. And right? then said he came back from yeah. And yeah. so you go, how can we verify this this is a historical event that other people were witnesses to and not yes, just two or correct. three but a ton of them yeah and so we really do need to know this because it's the most important aspect of our faith it's the one thing that gives us validity for believing christianity yes so yes, that's we got another resurrection today's resurrection sunday or this weekend you know it's coming resurrection yeah. sunday and we have got to be ready to talk to people about this. Mm. So um, let me let me give you a little background. This was probably what year is it? It's 2020 now. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, 2020. I'm getting old now. No, I had to think for a second too when you said that. I'm like, wait, it's 2017. Yeah, tw no, yeah I'm just right. I, wish. <laughs> I still think it's 1997. Sometimes that's why right, I was born. So, wow, that's yeah, good. Good guess. That's good. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, this was probably I'm gonna say 12, 13 years ago. Mm. I was teaching a, a class on the resurrection for a junior high camp. And I was thinking, how can I help junior high kids remember this stuff? Yeah. I said, I got to make a memory device because that's easier for me to remember. It's easier for other people to remember it. So I made up this memory device uh, for evidence for the resurrection of Jesus. Mm. Because when, when you're out and somebody asks you about your faith, you don't have like 50 books or all these notes oh, on yeah. hand. You just got to remember stuff. And so this helped me. I taught it to junior high students. Years later, they'd come back and say, um, hey, remember you taught us this? And they'd be able to say it. And I thought, okay, there's something to this funny yeah, saying yeah. I made up. It's good. It works. Here is the memory device. Are you ready, YouTube watchers? Are you ready, podcast listeners? Here it is. And I want you to repeat this to yourself over and over again so you're prepared to give a defense for the resurrection. This is the memory device. 500 women died following the body. Okay. All 500 right. women died following the body. 500 women died following the body. It sounds like a, a CSI episode yeah. or some like <laughs> crime novel or something, right? Yeah. All right. 500 women died following the body. There are five parts to that saying. 
And each one of those parts is an evidence for Jesus' resurrection. Okay. So we're yeah, going to go through, it. this episode's about us going through those five points and explaining to you what they mean and how they uh, show that it's most valid to believe Jesus rose yes, from the dead. that's right. And I, yeah. again, it's 500 women died following the body. Repeat it to yourself a couple times too. It helps you remember it. 500 yeah. women died following the body. 500 women died following the body. All right, so what are we talking about here? I'm going to start it off with 500, all right? Sounds good. The first part, 500. What do we mean by 500? How is this a proof of the resurrection? Well, in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 7, we have an early Christian creed, early Christian doctrine that people were saying somewhere between six months to three years after the death of Jesus. And this creed, if, if you don't know it, you need to memorize it. It's 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 7 and, and 8. You should memorize 8 too. But it says that uh, Paul says, I gave to you what I also received as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was raised, Right. Yeah, And that he appeared to Cephas and to the Twelve and to 500 brethren at one time and to James, and he, he lists all these people. So 500, the, the text says that Jesus appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time. So if these are only men, right, brethren, and it's not listing women and children, there could be a whole ton of people that Jesus appeared to. But the claim is that Jesus appeared to a big group of people after he died and rose from the dead. Wow, yeah. So this is important for us for a, a, a few reasons. Um, one of them is that in the, in, the, in the creed, Paul kind of puts parentheses, and he says, listen, some of those 500 people have died, but a ton of them are alive. Go ask them. Yeah, Go right. check it out. Right. He's encouraging the Corinthian church to investigate <clears throat> these claims, which that's really interesting. So mm. it seems like he's telling the truth about this. Oh, yeah, you would think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So 500 yeah. at one time. Now, one of the reasons this is really significant is because some people have proposed that Jesus' disciples hallucinated him rising from the dead. That's right. That he didn't actually come back, but they just hallucinated it. Well, here's the problem with that. Groups can't hallucinate. It's Yeah. Group hallucinations do not occur. And we've talked about this on last year's podcast. Uh, we, we probably go, did, We go yeah. into, a, in, into a, a lot more depth on it, but I just want to kind of... Uh, explain that a little bit. Um, uh, hallucinations are, by definition, something that's happening internally in your mind. Mm. There's nothing on the outside that is a referent or a reference for what you're experiencing because a hallucination is happening in your mind. Right, yeah. So you and I can't share hallucinations. We could take the same drugs. Yeah. We could go to sleep and we can both dream, but we can't enter one another's dreams yeah. or have the exact same hallucination. That's not how they work. So the fact that Jesus appeared to more than 500 people at one time, mm -hmm. they all saw him together at one time, is strong evidence that they saw something. Right, right. Because <laughs> right? on the other end, you could they say... experienced something. Yeah, you could say... People could argue if it was less people, they'd be less credible. It's like, okay, like maybe maybe less people had a, could have had a similar vision or something. Sure. But you can't have 500 people in the same scenario having yeah. the same exact vision hallucination no it doesn't that doesn't happen, happen no. no you couldn't you can't have two people having the same hallucination no you there can't are no you can't. there are no documentations of that happening actually right. um so a hallucination by definition is something that you experience alone because it's an internal thing 
Jesus appeared to 500 people, mm. more than 500 people at one time, which means they saw something. Yeah. And it wasn't a hallucination. There was actually something out there that they all experienced, and they th- claimed that it was Jesus. Right, right. So we got 500 women died following the body. 500. Right. That Jesus appeared to 500 at one time, can't be group hallucinations. Women. Tyler, what is the women portion of this argument? Yes. So for women, this is a big deal. Now, all four of the Gospels record that women were the first witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus. Yes. Now, now the reason that's a big deal, because uh, to you and me, that might not seem like an issue. However... It would be a huge embarrassment in the first century. Yeah, women women weren't um, seen or, or held in high regard. Yes. They were looked upon as lesser than men. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, we have several instance, instances from people in the first century, scholars and writers who talked about stuff like this. Like Josephus, uh, in his writings, he said, But let not the testimony of women be admitted on an account the levity and boldness of their sex. Yeah, and he's talking about in court. Mm-hmm. He's saying... You can't let women testify. Yeah, you can't. Why? Because they're a woman. That's because they're saying. women. Yeah, <laughs> That's his only on answer. Yeah. yeah. What does that mean, man? Well, come on. You know. Because yeah, they're women. Yeah. Like, he, they've got this bad attitude towards women being credible witnesses. Yeah, and then we even have a rabbinical text, like a uh, Jewish text from rabbis, uh, where they said, sooner let the words of the law be burnt than delivered to women. And that, that's just... That's huge. Yeah, and that... that that's just a for one like a crazy mindset to have, but then on top of that, like they just don't like hold women's testimony to be credible. Yeah, well, think about to a Jewish rabbi, what's the words of the law? What is he referring to? Uh, the the Torah, the Torah, the yeah, Bible, the Bible. <laughs> He's saying let's burn the scrolls before we teach it to women. Yeah, that's that's horrendous. That's, like that's yes. crazy. Right? It's outrageous. And so the view that the culture had of women is that they are not reliable witnesses, right? Yeah, and that wasn't just a, a Jewish thing. That was a Mediterranean oh, world. In Rome, absolutely right. I, I remember I was reading this report about um, uh, Caesar Augustus. No, 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 no. Yeah, it was mm, Augustus. Okay. Uh, when he came in and took power, he actually wouldn't allow women to go to the Colosseum on certain days of the week. It was the first Chick-fil-A. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I, I yeah, haven't heard about this. He closed it off to women on certain days. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> and then he actually only let like the wow. harem, kind of like you know his cheerleaders. His, oh, his, sure. He let them go, but everybody else was rejected. He moved them to the back. He didn't hold women in high esteem. It, wow. So this isn't just a... Uh, Israel thing. This is a whole Mediterranean world thing. Of course, of course. And so this is just a first century kind of thing that was happening during the time. Yep. Uh, But with that, we have um, uh, it recorded that the women were the first witnesses at the tomb. So we see in Luke 24, this is from verses 8 through 11, says, and they remembered his words and returned from the tomb and reported all these things to the 11 and to all the rest. Now they were Mary Magdalene, and Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James, also the other women with them, were telling them these things to the apostles. But these words appeared to them as nonsense, and they would not believe them. And now, now the interesting thing about that is they appeared as nonsense to them because they're living in the first century culture, yeah. and to them, that testimony, they did not believe them. No, women's testimony no. was worthless. No. So the disciples yeah. of Jesus don't listen and believe yeah. the women about this. And not only that, that they, they record in the Gospels that they didn't believe them. 
at yeah. first. That's significant too. And so uh, basically, um, this idea of the word nonsense that's being used in here, it's meaning uh, idle tales, gossip, right? So they're yeah. thinking that the women are coming up with just these no, oh, they're women. Ideas. They're coming yeah. up with crazy ideas. Yeah. yeah. That was the attitude towards women during the first century. Right, right. And so the question becomes then is why did Matthew, Luke, and John all copy Mark's depiction of women being the first to find the tomb, right? Yeah. Why would they go along with that? Why yeah. would why would you why would you write that if you're trying to get people to follow your religion? Exactly. In a in a yeah. culture that doesn't esteem women. Why make them the first witnesses? Yeah, to it the most important sense. thing it, ever. Especially if you, if like uh, people were trying to claim that they, this was they made this all up and they were trying to convince people of it, right? Yeah, that's another factor into it. Um, but with that, uh, recording that the women were the first witnesses to the most important event in human history would be an embarrassment, right? Yeah, to the apostles back then. It's a bad idea if you're making it up. <laughs> it is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so it is not the type of thing that you want to make up, and because. No. This embarrassing detail is not recorded once, but four times. Once in each gospel. Yeah, they're unanimous. They say this is how it yeah. happened. The women were the first to discover the empty tomb. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's right. It seems that because the gospel writers were merely, uh, it seems that this way, that the gospel writers were just recording what they had actually seen and heard, what had actually happened. Yeah, you wouldn't make right? up this detail. It's too embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. So we would conclude they're probably being honest Right, Even right. though this would be like a bad PR move. Yeah, but <laughs> right? that's the thing, because you see, either way uh, that you spin it, uh, the disciples, uh, by writing down those embarrassing details culturally that the women were the first to discover and deliver this testimony, uh, that implies that they were just recording what they saw, because yeah. if they didn't see this, why would they want to write that? Yeah, that's it doesn't make sense. And it, so if they were telling the truth about that, yeah, maybe they're telling the truth about the resurrection. Yeah, and now to us, obviously, this isn't a big deal today because, uh, like, this women's isn't, testimony is more valid yeah, today it is. than it was then. It is. Yeah. However, back then, this was a big deal. It was. It was yeah. huge. Yeah, and that's something that's worth noting, and that's that's a big evidence of the resurrection. Yeah, and embarrassing details are one of the things that historians always look for in uh, accounts mm. from the past to, to see if they're valid. They right. say, yeah, because you wouldn't make yourself look bad. <laughs> yeah, right. But you probably right. would would write down that you did some stupid things if you're trying to tell the truth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and we see embarrassing details all throughout uh, the passion narrative. I mean, Peter writing down that he denied Jesus and oh, yeah. was called Satan. And there's all these <laughs> embarrassing details. And they all abandoned that's, him. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it, it, it's very uh, embarrassing. So mm. you wouldn't write that down, but it, it makes us think that they're probably telling the truth. So we got 500 women died following the body. 500 people saw Jesus, can't be hallucinations. Women discovering the empty tomb, huge, embarrassing detail, right? Mm, right. Now we get to died. 500 women died following the body. When we say died, what we're trying to establish here is that Jesus actually died by crucifixion. Now, if you didn't listen to our uh, previous episode we released this week on Good Friday and the physical death of Jesus, yes. we went over this in tremendous detail about what happened to him medically, what happened to him physically. Uh, so I'd encourage you to go listen to that. But mm. the evidence is so strong that Jesus for sure died of Roman crucifixion Right. that even many atheist New Testament scholars agree that Jesus died of Roman crucifixion. Right, yeah. It is a fact of history. And I want to read to you a quote from one of these atheistic New Testament scholars. Paula Fredrickson, she uh, is at Boston University, New Testament scholar, atheist. She says this, 
The single most solid fact about Jesus' life is his death. He was executed by the Roman prefect Pilate on or around Passover in the manner Rome reserved particularly for uh, political insurrectionists, namely crucifixion. Mm, yeah. So she she doubles. She's a, the the facts are clear. He was crucified on or around Passover by Pilate. Yeah. Right. This is a fact of history. Now, in popular culture and online, where you're going to engage with people who love to argue about Jesus rising from the dead, um, you're going to hear what is called the swoon theory. Mm, right. Yeah. It's the idea that listen, Tyler, he didn't really die on the cross. He just passed out. And then the guards didn't realize he, he wasn't dead. They let him out, off the cross, and then his friends put him in a tomb and lying there, resting up for three days, he felt better, yeah. and he got up and he came out. Yeah. This is just <laughs> stupid on a lot of, for <laughs> a lot of reasons. I have heard that. I have heard yeah. that idea. It, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, they, especially yeah. in light of the medical evidence we went through on the previous episode, yeah, which you should right. check out if you can. Um, no, he for sure died, and that's why you got Paula Fredrickson, who said he died. John Dominic Crossan, he died. Oh, yeah. Gerd Ludeman, he died. All, none of these people believe he, Jesus rose from the dead. But they all say it's a fact of history that he died of Roman crucifixion. This oh, yeah. is a big deal. Now, think about this. Let's just say he passed out. Number one, couldn't happen because Roman soldiers wouldn't let anyone off the cross alive. Mm. That's why they stabbed him through the heart, to make sure he was dead. I know he hasn't been breathing for a while, but let's just make sure. Because if Roman guards let someone out of their punishment, the guard was responsible to pay the punishment. Yeah, that's right. So if you let someone off the cross alive, you're dead. Yeah. They knew how to kill people. They were professional executioners, right? Yeah, that's right. So they knew what dead looked like. Jesus was dead dead let's just say there was a mistake made which there couldn't have been and they let him off and he just Mm. passed out is it the best idea medically to let someone who's gone through the type of trauma we talked about on the previous episode just be left alone for three days no that's a death sentence like somebody in that shape you need a doctor you need treatment not just hey you know what relax Relax a little yeah, bit. Lie right. down. And that doesn't, that's not how it works. Man. Yeah, Could like, you imagine doctors doing that, taking a motorcycle accident victim and just wheeling him into a room and saying, yeah, we'll check in on, on three days. We'll, we'll check in later. No <laughs> medical attention. That's not how you do medicine. No, it doesn't no. work. But the real problem is this. Are you ready? Let's hear it. Let's just imagine that that happened, which is bizarre. It couldn't. <laughs> yeah. Right. So Jesus feels better on day three, wakes up, unwraps himself out of the linen uh, burial cloth, somehow rolls away the stone, fights off the Roman soldiers that were guarding him, walks a few miles to his disciples. Let's just even say that's all possible. Unpierced feet, shredded back, all of that. The, the hardest thing to believe would be that he knocks on the door, Peter opens it, and he says, I'm the Messiah risen from the dead, <laughs> with blood caked yeah. all over him. They would never have believed that. They would have said, no, man, you got to go to a doctor. Like, you're not, you didn't rise from the dead. The swoon theory, the idea that he just passed out on the cross and revived later is so stupid. Mm. It hasn't really been believed in scholarship, in, in scholarly right, academia right. for over 130-ish years. Yeah. There was a guy named Strauss. He came along and he debunked it because he said the disciples would never believe he rose from the dead in that scenario. Mm. And then he proposed the hallucination theory. 
which we already shown couldn't be. Yeah, right. <laughs> so the guy who came up with the hallucination didn't believe Jesus rose from the dead, but he showed that this idea of him just passing out is so dumb. Oh, yeah. Can't well, be. it is. It is. There's just, like we said in the last episode, there's just tons of medical evidence that he was dead. Yep. Tons so. of evidence. So 500 women died following the body. There were 500 witnesses, can't be hallucinations. Women, too yes, embarrassing right. of a detail to, to give for his uh, resurrection for the empty tomb. Uh, they wouldn't have done that. Died. For sure he died. He didn't just pass out. Yeah, right. right. 500 women died following the body. Now we get into the followers mm. of Jesus. And there's three categories of followers. There's his friends, his foes, and his family, mm -hmm. right? Friends. Let's, let's talk about this subcategory of following. Um, Jesus' disciples, all 11 of the disciples, because you remember Judas committed suicide. Right, yeah. The other 11 who followed after Jesus, they all um, were willing to die for the belief that Jesus was God and Jesus rose from the dead. Mm. Even though they got persecuted for it and even though they got killed for it, they believed this to their death. So the question would be, what convinced them to die for this? Mm. Well, it couldn't be a lie. Like, people don't die for a lie, right? Right. Have you yeah. seen all these mafia movies? Whenever they threaten your family, I was watching 24, actually, last night. Oh, uh, nice. You know the old show, 24? Yeah. There's yeah. this episode where this lady's daughter gets kidnapped, and the bad guys are manipulating her to give them the evidence they want. Yeah, right. Why? Because they're threatening her family, and she'll do anything for her family, right? Yeah, yeah. The disciples were all persecuted and eventually killed. Under threat of death, none of them recanted from yeah, the belief right. that Jesus rose from the dead. So the question would be, what propelled these guys to die for, for what they claimed was Jesus appearing to them. Something must have happened to them. Oh, yeah. Right? There's no, ex they couldn't have been lying about it because one of them would have uh, talked. One of them would have backed down, especially when your life gets thrown on oh, the line. For sure. Why would you die for something you knew to be a lie? Mm, you yeah. wouldn't. But that makes us conclude that they really did believe Jesus rose from the dead. Yeah. And again, the atheist scholars, they agree with this. I want to read to you a, a quote from Gerd Ludemann. He's a German <laughs> New Testament atheist scholar. He says, It may be taken as historically certain that Peter and the disciples had experiences after Jesus' death in which Jesus appeared to them as the risen Christ. Mm, yeah. He says it's certain that they, they thought they experienced him as the risen Christ. Now, he wouldn't say that he did, but he said they thought he did. Yeah, so it wasn't right. that they made up a lie because men wouldn't be convinced to die for something they weren't getting power, sex, or money for, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. This didn't make them popular. This actually got them all killed. So why would they do that? Now, one thing that people will say is, well, Robbie, a lot of people will die for their beliefs. Right, yeah. There are Muslims today who will die for their belief. Well, here's the thing. People who die for a belief, uh, like like let's take Muslims today, for example, mm -hmm. they're not in the same category as the disciples. Modern-day Muslim martyrs are willing to die because they trust in something they were taught by somebody else. Right. 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 Muslims will die because they believe what Muhammad said is true. Mm, yeah. Okay? Um. The disciples all were willing to die, not because of what they were taught by somebody else that they believed. They were all willing to die because of the personal experience they had with the risen Jesus. Yeah, and that's powerful. Yeah, it's a very mm -hmm. different thing. Does that make sense? Right. I, I can't 
die for my beliefs in the same way that the 11 disciples did. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't experience the risen Jesus. I'm believing their testimony. Yeah, they, they didn't died. die for that. They died saying, look, look, we are just talking about what we saw. We're, yep. We cannot uh, deny what we have seen. Yes. Right? That's, and they say things they like do. that. Yeah. They do, yeah. They say things like, what we have handled, what we have touched, what we have known concerning mm-hmm. the, the word of life. Like, we literally saw this guy come back. Oh, yeah. And Jesus didn't just appear to the disciples one time. He appeared to them multiple times in different settings, in different geographical areas over a period of 40 days. Oh, yeah. Remember, he's out of Galilee, and he's making them breakfast. And yeah, gonna, that's like, right. The, it's not just like an apparition they saw. Now, this is the other thing I think is interesting about about the, the followers of Jesus uh, being convinced he rose from the dead, is that none of them recanted. We have zero evidence of any of them saying, okay, okay, it's a hoax, we made it all up. Nowhere is that documented. Right. What is documented is they all died as martyrs. Um, and they all suffered yeah, for the right. cause, right? Uh, what's really uh, kind, kind of interesting uh, to me about this is wh- who they were prior to the resurrection Remember, they all abandoned Jesus. They all freaked out when he got arrested. But then what emboldened them to die for him later? It's because they saw him risen from the dead. Mm, Yeah. Right? It's the only thing that makes sense. So the fact that his followers were willing to die for what they claimed was him appearing to them is a powerful testimony that they saw something. Yeah. Something happened to those guys, right? Now we've got two other categories under followers. We've got foes and family. You want to share with us about those? Yes, yes, of course. And so with that, we got... with. Foes, this is an interesting case, and obviously all of you should know who this is, is the Apostle Paul, right? Yeah. Well, at the time, Saul. Yeah, that's right. So Paul, back when uh, in the, the day, you, you could say, he was a zealous Jew, and mm-hmm. he was like advancing beyond his peers. Like He, he was a Jew of Jews, right? Like, yeah, he writes he about says this that, all right? over. Yeah. He's like, I knew the law. That's yep. something he talks about all the time. He says, I was from the right tribe. Yes. I, I studied. I was flawless in the law. That's and he right. was. He, he studied under the right guy in Jerusalem. Like, he was he was a legit Jew. Yes, that's Zealous correct. for the law. That's absolutely right, Robbie. Yep. And so uh, in Paul's letters, though, on top of that, we see in Acts, we read that Jesus appeared to Paul. Yeah. And then uh, Paul records that he suffered for the gospel in 2 Corinthians 11, 23 through 28, which, uh, so basically he's, he, it's interesting because what we're seeing here though is this person who, uh, and again, what Paul did during his time of persecution, he, he went around and he hunted down Christians because yeah. he thought that they were blaspheming, right? Yeah. He thought, he's like, they, this, you are preaching a false gospel. This isn't, he was not the Messiah, like, and he was he was killing Christians for yeah. what they believed. Yeah, hunting them down, killing them, arresting them. Yes. Dare you say Paul was a terrorist? He was a terrorist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there you go. Uh, the fact that Paul was an enemy of Jesus and Christianity at the time of his experience of the risen Jesus is also very important. Yes. Because what was happening is uh, um, the reports about Jesus' resurrection are not only reported by his friends, but by someone who was a zealous enemy, right? Yeah. Because Paul... Uh, and I, I'm sure that a lot of you have heard the story when he's coming on the road from Damasti- yeah. Damascus, yeah. and Jesus appears to him, and he has this vision, and then Paul converts. Yeah, he's like, uh, he's like, I saw the risen Christ, like he is alive, and yep. someone who was literally hunting down Christians, a terrorist, mm-hmm. killing them, for, uh, other Christians for their beliefs, joins the other side. 
Yeah. And says, no, I witnessed the risen Jesus. Like that, that is insane. <laughs> what could cause something like that to happen? Yeah. Yeah. Cause his whole life was it's invested crazy. in Judaism. His it whole was, career, yeah. everything's invested in that. And then he says, yeah, crazy thing happened to me. Now I'm switching teams. Right, right. Why? How? What? What could cause this to have happened? Yeah, and so the only thing that like can make sense of his whole conversion scenario, something significant had to have happened to him. Like he experienced something, something. happened to him. Yeah, right. And so uh, it is not the fact that Paul converted that is the important part. No, uh, many people converted to Christianity. This is sure. happening all over, right? What's important is the cause of his conversion, right? Yes, uh, that he literally he saw the risen Jesus in person, and he literally transformed from killing Christians yep. into proclaiming that Christ is Lord. Yes, yeah, and that, that's huge. That's crazy. And so uh, many people convert after hearing message of religion from secondary sources, and they believe it. But Paul converted based on what he claimed to be a personal appearance of the risen Jesus. Yep. So that makes Paul's experience specifically primary evidence. Yeah, so if Jesus didn't rise yeah. from the dead, what caused Paul's conversion? That's the real question. That's the question, yeah. So what would cause you to switch sides like that? To, to get, to again, to suffer, die, be shipwrecked, be made yeah. fun of by the churches, and then have your head And then recant off. everything that you were yeah. believing. He, he for, was prestigious yeah. in Jerusalem. He was high-ranking. Like, people yeah, knew that's him. Right. He had clout. He had power. And mm-hmm. he just abandons all of that to go around, you know, uh, the, the Roman Empire where people don't know him, spreading the news of this new movement. Yeah, yeah. And then eventually have his head chopped off. For. It, it just makes zero sense. What caused him to convert? Well, he claims that uh, Jesus showed up to him. That's and what right. are you supposed to do when you're confronted with that type of evidence? Yeah, you you just you make a lifestyle change. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that clearly seems like that's what happened with Paul here in this case. It so. really does, right? 500 women died following. We're on following. We've talked about yes. his friends believed that he rose from the dead right. and said he appeared to him. His foe Paul believed Mm -hmm. that he rose from the dead and appeared to him. And now let's talk about the third category of following. Yes. Now, this one's great. And Robbie, I know that you love this one in particular. I love it because nobody talks about it. Yeah, yeah. And we've talked about this on the podcast quite a bit. But um, what's significant is that James, the brother of Jesus, changed his mind and he converted and believed that his brother was God. Yeah, it's fascinating to me. Yes. So James was a skeptic of his brother Jesus prior to the resurrection. And we see this in several passages like uh, John 7, uh, 1 through 5, and Mark 6, 1 through 4. Uh, but we see later on that James becomes a faithful follower of Jesus, his brother, Yeah, and, and is the head of the church of Jerusalem and writes a, the book of James and is eventually martyred for his belief that his brother, that his brother, is God. Yeah. And uh, James is even seen <laughs> worshiping with the disciples in Acts. So it's like, yeah, we it, just see this whole turnaround. Uh, like, and we've talked about this before, right? Like, like what could convince you to make you believe that your brother is God? Nothing would ever convince me that my brother's God and nothing would ever convince my brother that I'm God. Right. Yeah. Even if I rose from the dead. Yeah. And so uh, right? exactly, exactly. And so, so uh, how did Jesus get his brothers, sisters, and mom to worship him as God? How did he do that? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's, Really crazy. And so uh, with that, we just see like this drastic transformation in mm-hmm. James. And that's, again, that's further primary evidence because he he grew up and lived with Jesus. Yes. Right? And then he himself saw the events unfold before him and then he believed. Yep. Right? And so... Uh, well, yeah, he, he lived with Jesus and he, he would have had a front row seat to Jesus being perfect. Yes, that's right. And which so, would just... 
piss you oh, off. Yeah. I'm sorry, <laughs> right, I didn't no mean that. It would make right. you mad. Right? <laughs> As a little brother, yeah. seeing your older brother, he's yeah. he's perfect. He's goody two shoes. He can do no wrong. Why can't you be more like Jesus? You'd hate the guy. And that's what we see before the resurrection. James hates him. Oh, yeah, for sure. But then after he appears to him, and that's what the first Corinthians 15 passage says, he appeared to James, and he's talking mm-hmm. about his brother. Uh, you'd put two and two together. Okay, this guy rose from the dead. He claimed to be the son of God. I saw him never sin. Oh, yeah. He probably yeah. is God. Yeah. My mom's told me that crazy story about virgin birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My brother's different from everyone else, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, to be willing to die for It's fascinating. What caused James to convert? Mm-hmm. Two things, I think. Seeing that his brother was sinless and then seeing him risen from the dead. Oh, yeah. It's I agree with that. fascinating. So, yeah. You know what? I don't know if we've ever said this on the podcast. There's interesting yeah. speculation out there about why did James become the head of the church in Jerusalem? I have heard questions right? about that. Yeah, because yeah. he's. A, if you think about it, he, he wasn't a follower of Jesus in his ministry. Right, right. He converts after the resurrection, right? So why doesn't Peter become the head of the church? Why doesn't uh, John become the head of the church? James, Jesus' brother, not James, John's brother. Correct. That yeah. James gets killed with the sword in Acts 12. Yes, that's right. Jesus' brother, half-brother, right, because it's Mary and Joseph's son, James, he becomes the head of the church in Jerusalem. Why? He wasn't even a disciple. Some people speculate, <laughs> and this is fascinating, that the reason why they, they made James the head of the church in Jerusalem is because under Jewish law, he would have been the next heir to the throne if Jesus was truly the mm, yes. Messiah king. Yeah, isn't that interesting? That is interesting. I don't it know makes, if that's exactly the case, but I it mean, does make some sense. It does make sense. That yeah. that lines up with it. It does. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. So yeah. who knows? I just those little tidbits are fascinating. Yeah, I hadn't heard of that before. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. It that's makes cool. sense, right? Because yeah, he's the does. next. He's the oldest brother in line. Right. Okay. Yeah. That that's makes sense. That's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah, it is. Nuts. And Jesus <laughs> is gone. He's not around. Yeah. So yeah. who's supposed to be? You know. Anyway. Right. Right. All right. So five hundred women died following the body. Right. Mm. So five hundred witnesses. Hallucinations can't happen because right. five hundred at one time saw them. Women. That's a very embarrassing, incredible witness. Why would mm-hmm. you write that? Maybe because that's what happened, and they yeah, wanted to right. record truth. <clears throat> died. Jesus for sure died. He didn't pass out. Following, he had his friends willing to die for him based on the belief that he rose from the dead. His enemies, his foes, willing to die for him and, and believe in him based on that he showed up to him after the dead. And then his family convinced that he was the son of God and that he was the Messiah, that he rose from the dead, mm, and they yeah. became the heads of his church and preached his name and wrote scripture willing to die. Right, For the belief that your brother was God. Then we get to the last one, the body. 500 women died following the body. The question is, where's Jesus' body? Right. Right? This is also known as the empty tomb, right? And that's what we're celebrating on Easter, right? That he rose from the dead. The tomb was empty. Where Mm. is Jesus' body? Um, the, The empty tomb of Jesus three days after his death is a historical fact. And here's how we can know that. The earliest believers taught that the tomb was empty. We see that in this 1 Corinthians 15 creed, right? Yes, that's right. He, he died for our sins according to the scriptures, and he was buried, and he rose. Between those two things, you see empty tomb. If he was buried, and then he got up, 
Mm. That means he is vacated the tomb. Yes, that's Does that right. Does that make sense? Okay. Mm-hmm. So empty tomb is taught in scripture. From the very beginning, this is an early Christian saying. This is the claim that Jesus rose from the dead. We see Peter saying this very thing at the beginning of Acts when he's preaching in Jerusalem. You all have yeah. seen what he did. You all know the tomb is empty, right? Now, why do we think that this had to be a fact? Here's why. Proclaiming that the tomb of Jesus was empty in the very town where people could go look and verify whether it was or wasn't. It's the worst place to preach or to try to get a movement started if the tomb's not empty. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> Cause, no Because right away people would be like, oh, that sounds inter- that's a very interesting story, Peter. You know what? I'm going to go look at the tomb and see if he's there. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's still there. You're a liar. Yeah, right. You know right. what that means? Christianity doesn't start. It never gets off the ground. It never begins to gain traction because, no, sorry, bro, the tomb's still yeah, occupied. Yeah, that's right. You're saying it's empty. It's not. You're crazy. Yeah. Nobody's following you, right? So we believe the tomb was empty because that was the message they were teaching in a town where people could go verify it. Mm, yeah. The second reason we believe the tomb is empty is because nobody in power brought the body of Jesus out to show everybody, nope, look, still dead. You yeah. had people in that town, like the religious leaders, the Roman soldiers, Pilate, Herod, they all had the power, the ability, and they had the motive to show people, no, Jesus oh, yeah. is dead, right? And there's no recording anywhere of anybody bringing about the body of Jesus. In fact, in, in Matthew 28, we have a, uh, a record of the Jewish leaders going to the soldiers saying, hey, if your boss asks you what happened, tell him the disciples stole the body. That's right, yeah. This is really cool because what's happening with this is they're admitting the body's gone by trying to make a cover-up story. Yeah, Right? That's what they had to do, yeah. Yeah. So the cover-up story is admitting that the tomb is empty. Yes, that <laughs> so is So you, yeah. you can't deny the tomb's empty. And we actually have recordings of that lie. Um, Justin Martyr, in about 180, he talks about that, that there's still Jews saying that the disciples stole the body. But that's mm. a ridiculous idea because they were willing to die for it. And we already went over that. You yes. wouldn't be willing to die for something you knew was a lie. Right? Yeah. So the idea that they stole it's crazy. But the cover story that they stole it means that it's not there. Yeah, right. And nobody brought it out to show, nope, hey, he's still dead. The tomb must have been empty. It's like if a kid goes to his teacher and says, hey, the dog ate my homework. Yeah, right. He may be lying and making a cover story. He may not even have a dog. Who knows whether the dog did or did not eat his homework. But the fact remains, he doesn't have his homework to turn in. Yeah, that's right. That's what's going on here. The fact remains, the body's gone. Yeah. The tomb is empty. Had to have been. Christianity could never have started if the tomb was occupied. And if the body had been available to Herod, the religious leaders, the Roman soldiers, or Pilate, they would have brought it out to show everybody. Both of those would have squashed Christianity at its inception. Oh, yeah, yeah. It never would have gotten started. So yeah, the fact that we're here right. means the tomb was empty, and the fact that what we see in Scripture being preached in Jerusalem, it's a fact of history that the tomb was empty. Oh, yeah, that's right. 500 women died following the it's, body. It's crazy. And, uh, like, that's kind of the, the focus on Sunday morning is worshiping Jesus proves that the tomb had to be empty at the inception of this moment, right? Yes. That was something that I think we've talked about on the podcast before. We have, yeah. Well, Christianity yeah. wouldn't be here today if the tomb was still occupied because it never would have gotten traction. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just crazy. And so, um, and, and so basically, like we said, though, an empty tomb without personal appearances of Jesus or vice versa would not be enough to bring Christianity into the world. That's another point. Yeah. So think about it. Uh, let's say that we have appearances of Jesus, mm. but the tomb's still sealed, and you can go see his body. Yes. Let's say the women went to the tomb to with all the spices and stuff. And he was still there, and yeah, they embalmed right, right. him. They wrapped him up in that in the spices. Yeah, then people wouldn't be buying it. They're like, oh, it's right well, there. You wouldn't believe resurrection. No. What would you think if if there were appearances? Because there's people today who sure. claim that you know, um, you know, my my husband who died last week visited me in my room last night and told me everything was going to be okay. Yeah. So in that point, maybe people were saying, okay, maybe they had a supernatural yeah. encounter with Jesus, right? Yeah. Though like, maybe it was like his spirit was like interacting with them yeah right that's exactly what people would say right? yeah it was yeah. their spirit it was a ghost it was a, a vision right yeah, yeah. And, and we see and scripture talks about visions and and things like that and spiritual entities so uh if the tomb was occupied and they still had these same appearances they wouldn't be teaching he rose from the dead bodily Oh, yeah. Right? That right. wouldn't happen. They'd just say vision, right? Yeah. But flip yeah. it around the other way. Let's say the tomb was empty, but they didn't have appearances. What would you think happened? The body is just, it's either stolen or like something Something happened to it. Yeah, something happened to it. So, um, But it just, he. I, you wouldn't believe like, oh, he's resurrected. No. Because even if the body's missing, it's like, okay, someone could have taken it and then like hit it somewhere yep. or like, you don't know. If today you went to a, a funeral home or, or yeah. you went to a graveyard and you know, you were visiting somebody you known and, and the, the hole was dug and their, their casket's not there yeah. anymore. Are you thinking resurrection? No. no. I'd likely think grave robbery. Yeah. That's somebody's, typically what would somebody's happen. Somebody's yeah. stealing them. Somebody's doing something weird or bad. They're being moved somewhere. Yeah. It's interesting because isn't that what we see happen in scripture? Right. Yeah. When, when Mary Magdalene, she's crying. Remember in that one account, she's mm -hmm. crying. And then she thinks the gardener's talking to her, but it's Jesus. Yeah. But she says, please tell me where you've taken his body. We know he got moved. We don't know where he got moved to. Yeah. She doesn't think resurrection. That's right. yeah. <laughs> she thinks somebody moved his body, right? When, when the women right. go back and report to the disciples. Yeah. They say the same thing. The tomb is empty, and we don't know where they've moved him. Yeah, and so so that's the thing. Like grave robbery, grave ro robbery too. At the time, it was common. It happened. That's sure. why they had soldiers at the tomb. Sure. And and so that's well, the, that was the idea. Was they said, right. "Hey, we think his disciples might come and steal it yeah. to make it look yeah. like he." Because they've been the hearing dead. people talking about this. They're like, "Oh, well, it could happen." Claimed that he, he yeah. well, yeah, that too. And so that's the thing. And so, um, b basically, they like that. You got to think during the context of this. This is something that people would have first initially thought if the body was missing like yeah clearly it was a grave robber or somebody stole or the somebody body. stole yeah. it yeah. yeah but but to have both together the yes. empty tomb and the physical appearances now that's what's significant and that's the only thing that could make anybody die for the belief that he rose from the dead yes you have to right. have empty tomb and you have to have appearances in order for resurrection to be bought or believed. Yes, only appearances of Jesus while his body lay in the tomb would not be called resurrection. It would have to, you would have to see him actually in person. Like, it has to be yeah. both. Be called That's a vision a or an apparition yes, or a, something. I saw a spirit. Yeah. Or um, somebody stole his body and I don't know what happened. But yes. both together, 
made them believe in this idea of resurrection. Mm. It's yes, really interesting. And in N.T. Wright, uh, in his uh, book, um, The Resurrection of the Son of God, he talks about, too, how the Jewish concept of resurrection mm. was that everyone gets resurrected at the end of time. Yeah. And Jesus even, right. when he's talking to uh, Mary and Martha after Lazarus dies, remember he says, don't you know, like, uh, you know, that you'll see your brother again? And what mm-hmm. do they say? They say, yes, Lord, we know that in the resurrection, yeah, later. Yeah, right. But they had no concept of a, a one-off resurrection from this Messiah guy. Yeah. That was like, it wasn't like part of the culture. It wasn't part of the theology Not the like, time. oh, I'm actually resurrecting <laughs> yeah. this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and not Lazarus, but Jesus. Well, I mean, well, that, yeah, Lazarus yeah. eventually correct. dies again. Jesus mm-hmm. came back in a resurrected body that was perfect yes, and that was what we're going to be. And so... The question that we have to ask is, where did they even get that idea from? Mm. Because it's not in anything they were taught as kids. It's not in any of the Jewish theology. The idea was always that the resurrection happens later. Yeah, that's right. So maybe uh, they just were writing down what they saw. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think so, that's that's believable. And so uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and so uh, just in general, I, I love this phrase, Robbie. That again, it's. Um, 500 women died following the body. 500 women died following the body. Yeah, let's That's just recap got. it one more time. Tyler, what does 500 stand for? 500 stands for the 500 witnesses. Yep, and what does that mean? What couldn't have occurred because a group saw him? Yeah, group hallucinations. Those can't occur because there were 500 witnesses. Yep. So the resurrection, the claims of resurrection mm-hmm. appearances can't be chalked up yes, to hallucination, correct. right? Women, right? What's women? Yep, women testified uh, and said that they witnessed Jesus, right? Yep. That's the thing. They were the first ones the disciples recorded that women's were the first ones, and that was early evidence. The first people who saw it mm-hmm. were women, which at the time was a testimony issue, which was an embarrassing detail yep. to first century people. Yeah so, yeah, so why would you write that? Probably because it happened. Because There's it no happened. no other reason. Yeah, right. 500 women died. What do we mean by the, the point that he died? Yeah, Jesus physically died. Everything that, like, that we went over in the last podcast episode and then uh, some details we mentioned here, it is for a fact that he died through everything yep. he went through. So he didn't just pass out? No, he didn't just pass out. Okay, so it's not a resuscitation. It's actually a resurrection. Yes, that yeah, is correct. Different. Following. There's three different categories of following. What do we mean by following? Yeah, we have different types of followings, right? We have mm-hmm. friends, f- enemies, and family. That's right. All people who converted and followed after Jesus, right? And we're willing to die. And we're willing to die for him, yes. For, and, yes. for him, but for the belief of what? Uh, for the belief that he resurrected. Yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. what all the hopes put on. That's what all the looking forward to is put mm-hmm. on. And it's really cool because you think about those guys. They're basically saying, if he can raise himself from the dead, he can raise me from the dead. Oh, yeah. Like his yeah. his 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 truth, his message is valid because he didn't just say it. He proved it. Yeah, that's right. That's awesome, right? Mm-hmm. 500 women died following. Okay, the body, the last point, the empty tomb. What's the idea here? Yes, uh, the body, the empty tomb in itself is big evidence that Jesus resurrected, but not, not in itself, mm-hmm. but like paired with his appearances. But the empty tomb, the fact that the tomb was empty, because mm-hmm. again, the Romans officials went through saying, yes, we have an empty tomb. Yes. It was stated. They didn't know what happened at the time, but they were like, regardless, the tomb is empty. The body's gone. For sure, it's a fact yes. of history. Yes, the body was gone. Yep. And so uh, that is a fact. And so uh, so that's kind of the big driving point to the body. It, it, it's gone. And so obviously if the body's missing, something had to have happened, right? Yeah. And either somebody yeah. took it or he walked out. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Of this course. Is, I think those are your only two options. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then that's the thing is that people died for the belief that 
he walked out. Yeah, so the people who had a motive to steal it all died for it. Yeah. So they probably weren't dying for a lie no. or what they knew to be a lie. Right. Right. So it couldn't have been his well, that's disciples. The thing. They, the, they didn't get anything out of it. They didn't get no. uh, money. They didn't get power. They didn't get uh, like glory. Anything. Women. They didn't women get yeah. Anything they didn't get women. They didn't get anything. Yeah. Yep. So all these five so. factors, I think, form a really heavy cumulative case argument that something crazy happened there. And the hypothesis that makes sense of all of it hmm. is that he rose from the dead. Yeah, I would agree with if that. You, if you say, no, we don't believe that, then you have to tell us why these five things happened. Yeah. And that, Tyler, I think is harder to do than to trust that he rose from the dead and that they're telling the truth. Yeah, I, I remember actually. So b- back when you were um, my high school pastor back mm-hmm. in the day, you had our youth group do an experiment once on a Sunday morning. And I, I still remember this because I thought it was crazy. You had us all go through each of these ideas. Mm-hmm. And try to come up with a reason or some sort of explanation as a group. Oh yeah. To figure out, hey, like, like, why did these things not happen? Like, what, what happened? If think, it wasn't the resurrection, what was it? What like, caused come, this yeah, stuff? Basically, yeah. you ha- you told us come up with an explanation other than the resurrection. Yeah. And then we'll talk it through. And the, like, some people were coming up with like aliens sure. and like uh, time travel. Like, like, some of it was getting a little crazy. But then you, yeah. the best thing that we heard was stuff that we already talked about just now. Like, some people did say, oh yeah, the disciples could have stolen the body and just hid it somewhere. Yeah, can't can't be. But that's the thing. Because they died for it. So that, yeah. that's, not, that's not the case. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, like you see, like, like people try all the time, like, like thinking of like I, things that line up. And I have not found like sufficient enough of an explanation or evidence mm-hmm. to prove otherwise that any of these events occurred. You know, the only, the only argument against the resurrection, the only proposed hypothesis that's still being discussed sure. is the hallucination idea. And it's just so weak. It's yeah. so weak on so many levels because groups can't hallucinate, and the types of people who hallucinate have to have hallucination types. Well, there's no prone, evidence that a hallucination uh, happened. No, yeah, no. So, but but here's the thing: let's just say hallucination did happen. What does that really account for? It accounts for the appearances to his friends because they were sad that Jesus was gone. They were bereaving, yeah. and so they hallucinated this idea that he rose from the dead. It doesn't account for what happened to Paul. Paul couldn't care yeah. less that Jesus died. He was killing his followers. It doesn't account to what happened with James. It doesn't account with, to what happened to James. He hated his brother. Yeah, or with the women who saw him at the tomb. Or, it doesn't, or, well, yeah. didn't see him, you know what I mean? It doesn't, well, yeah. it doesn't do anything about his death, right? Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't do anything about the tomb being empty. Because mm-hmm. that's a fact that yeah. hallucinations don't account for. Yeah, so you don't just need one explanation. Right. You need all of these other things fitting together, but none of them fit so together. So you're basically saying that the women would have had to have been hallucinating at the tomb. Paul would have had to have been hallucinating on his conversion. Yeah. Uh, all the 500, 500 people had to have a mass hallucination. Yeah, which can't happen. Yeah, and, and so... But you also have to then account for, okay, yeah. so let's just say that happened. That's nice. It takes care right. of these things. Why was the tomb empty? Yeah. And you can't say it was because the disciples stole it because, no, you said they had a hallucination that he rose. That's what convinced them to die for it. So if they would have stolen the body, they wouldn't think he actually rose and die for it. So you see, yeah. the hallucination theory undercuts the stolen well, then you body. Have, you have the Roman government coming in and admitting that there's a, a body missing. That's another yeah. thing. Yeah, like, and the, and the religious just, leaders are admitting that it just, it's gone. It's verified the body's gone. So you can't make yeah. up an alternative hypothesis no. that really makes sense, other than other than it being just crazy and bizarre and based on zero evidence. Yeah. If we're yeah. trying to go by the historical claims that were made, the resurrection of Jesus is valid. 
and it happened. Yeah. And that's what we're celebrating this weekend. Right? Yes, that's right. He rose yeah. from the dead. There's good reason to believe it. We don't have mm. just some mythological fairy tale Peter Pan belief. We have real reasons to think that this guy rose from the dead. And yeah. these aren't yeah. these five points are just five points. Oh yeah, these aren't all the reasons we believe he rose from the dead. There's so right. much more. We right. just we're trying to keep this under an hour for yeah, this week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the point though of why we wanted to share this phrase with you guys is because we we want to give you this as an opportunity to witness to people this this time during yes. Easter and during Passion Week is uh, go out and share this this idea. Five hundred women died following the body. Yep. 500, 500 women die following the body. Memorize it. Memorize what those points mean and use this in your daily life, you know? Uh, yeah. You yeah. know, share this podcast on your social media. So many yeah, people that. are, great. are thinking and questioning and people are really uh, open to uh, under the radar going and listening or watching something when their friends might not know about it, right? Yeah, right. right. Use this to share it with them. Jesus rose from the dead, which means for us that his offer of salvation is legitimate. Mm. We're not trusting a guy who met an angel in a cave that supposedly gave him the Quran. Yeah, right. All alone with no verifying evidence. We're not trusting in a guy who was out in the woods when Heavenly Father and Jesus showed Mm. up to him and gave him the golden tablets of Mormonism. All alone without any verification. We're not trusting a guy who went to Nirvana and came back enlightened with no witnesses to tell us all how to become enlightened ones, like Buddhism. We're trusting in a historical event that was, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, Tyler, publicly done. Yeah, that's Public right. demonstration of who God is in time, space, history, not in a, uh, a galaxy far, far away. He came here and he showed us who he is. We have a valid faith based on a historical fact. Yeah, that's right. That's and right. because of that, Jesus is more trustworthy than Muhammad. Jesus is more trustworthy than Buddha. Jesus is more trustworthy than Joseph Smith because he proved that what he was saying and his message isn't something we just have to take on his say-so. Right, But he backed it up with a tremendous miracle. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary measures, people say, right? that's right. He gave us an extraordinary measure. The dude rose from the dead. And if he rose from the dead, we should listen to what he says about the afterlife. Mm. And he says if we believe in him, if we trust in what he did for us on the cross— then we are saved and we can have eternal life and we can have reconciliation with God. And it's not about us working, trying hard, bettering ourselves, going to church, giving lots of money to great charities. It's about trusting that he did what he said he did on the cross. The currency that God works with us in is trust. That's what all good relationships are built on. He wants us to believe that he did what he said he did. And that's how we get saved. And if you haven't trusted in Jesus Christ as your savior, you need to. He really did die. He validated it with a miracle. The claims he made about the cross are true because we can know that because he came back from the dead. And if you haven't trusted in Jesus, you need to. Life is crazy right now. Yeah. Like, I hope people are starting to see how not in control of their life they are. Mm. Death is coming for all of us, but we worship the one who's conquered death. John 14, Jesus says, because I live, you will live also. Beautiful. This is awesome. Yeah, that's great. And so that's, that's what we want to shout from the rooftops, right? That's what we want to share yes. with our friends. Yes. That's what we want to remember as we celebrate Resurrection Sunday this weekend. Yes, yes. And, and we're just so excited uh, just to be celebrating that. And uh, mm-hmm. thank you so much for joining us today in Christ Culture and Coffee. And again, uh, with everything we discussed today, 
Um, if you have any questions at all on the topics or, uh, that we discussed here or just anything in general that you want to get to know more and understanding, uh, feel free to reach out to us. You can yeah. message us on Facebook on our Christ Culture and Coffee page or, or on Instagram. Uh, we, res- we try to respond to everybody uh, when they're asking us questions. We try to do our best to get back to people. Yeah. Um, so if you have something that you're curious about and you just, you just want a little extra clarity on anything that we talked about or anything at all, uh, go ahead and reach us, um, reach out to us on those uh, platforms, and we would love to get back to you on that and help you out. We would. We love hearing from you, interacting with you, and helping equip you in any way we can. That's what the mm-hmm. show is about, equipping Christians to be confident in their faith and to be prepared to share their faith. Mm-hmm. That's what yes, we want to right. be and do, right? So, hey, thanks so much for being with us. Have a happy Easter celebrating the resurrected King. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to help us reach more people.